0: When the sun dips beneath the Santa Monica Mountains, it's time for another Death at Sunset. A Sunshine Noir Radio Play Podcast. Starring Greg Santos, Jen Murray, Carly Walsh, Brandon Black, Lizzie Donaldson, Clark Kohler, Kyla Shore, Patrick F Brad Davis, Rob Scattergood, and Chris Maxwell. Music by Zach Pfeiffer and Mary Beth Kern on saxophone. Written and directed by Chris Maxwell and Brad Davis. Edited and directed by Chris Maxwell. It's been over a month since superstar Ronnie Renee Perez had hired Jack, and the honeymoon is over. No suspects, no leads, no results, and Ronnie's frustrations with Jack have reached a boiling point. We find our hero scraping the bottom of the barrel, resorting to dipping in and out of ink shops, searching for any connection to the crowbar goon with a Marilyn Monroe tattoo. Can Jack get back into Ronnie's good graces? Find out in part two of Home is Where the Plate Is.
1: Hey, don't I know you from somewhere?
2: Uh, me? Uh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. You're the bodyguard who saved Ronnie Renee's arm.
2: I, I'm not a bodyguard. I'm a private eye.
1: But you are the guy who saved Ronnie Renee. This is awesome. Is Ronnie looking to get some ink?
2: No. I mean, I, I I don't know. Listen, I'm looking for a guy who already did some specific inking.
1: Tell Ronnie that I can copy any style he wants.
2: Okay, I will, but I don't know if he's looking for any tattoos.
1: I do piercings as well. Well, that's that's...
2: Great to diversify, but no, I'm I'm looking for a tattoo that you or or some other artist drew already on a specific person.
1: Tell Ronnie. I'll give him 25% off.
2: Investigations take a long time. They never go as quick as they do on the TV shows. Bing, bang, boom, they've got it wrapped up in 60 minutes. I've been hopping around tattoo parlors across the city ever since the attack on Ronnie Renee, looking for a lead, something, anything on the crowbar goon with the Marilyn Monroe tattoo. You know the pose. The one where she's holding her skirt down over the subway grate?
1: Yeah. From the 7 year Itch. It's a classic. I've done plenty of them.
2: Well, this one's on the right forearm. You ever do anything like that?
1: I've done tons of those. Everyone gets that tattoo. From transplants to tourists to kids graduating from Hollywood High. Everyone. I think that image on forearms and calves, biceps and backs. You want to see my work? I've got a book over here.
2: Nobody's from Los Angeles. Take the sports teams, for example. Where are all the lakes? Minnesota. The trolleys to dodge? On the streets of Brooklyn? And we all know that Kings are from England. What we've got are the LA Rambo's football organization. Born and bred in Tinseltown, spun off from a movie franchise, and as violent as their namesake. Nobody knew this better than Ronnie Rene Perez, LA's newest resident and the star receiver about to play his first game in a Rambo's jersey. I was hired to look into the failed crowbar attack and racist death threat after a short stint as his bodyguard. I had picked Ronnie up and we were on our way to Rambo Field when I found out that he was not happy with the speed of the investigation. You still have nothing? Probably watched too much TV. I've been checking out Tattoo cards. I'm stepping onto the field in a couple of hours and you're checking out ink shops? What have you heard on Cowboy Bob? It's hard to track a person that might not even be in the country. Then what have I hired you for? My guy who works with Border Patrol told me he hasn't heard anything yet. Of course Border Patrol hasn't heard anything. Cowboy Bob has his career based on Border Patrol not knowing anything about him. Well, what do you expect me to do? Look him up in the phone book and give him a call? Who is it? I don't know. Are you going to answer it?
3: Hello?
4: Today is it. It's come down to this. You step on that field, you leave your life on that field. No one is coming to stage. The decision is yours.
3: See, Jack? How
2: the hell did they get my phone number? Do you know how many girls I've watched you give your phone number to over the last month? Did that sound like a girl? You just have to be more aware that your number is very accessible at this point. I'm not paying for you to make obvious statements. I'm paying you for results. Maybe this was a mistake. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. No, what? It means nothing. Can we change the subject? No, obviously we need to talk about this. Listen, it slipped out. Forget it, okay? I'm just saying that you could keep yourself a little safer by keeping your numbers yourself. The phone number's not the point. The point is you're no closer to solving this case than you were the night I hired you. But we bonded and become so close. Just get me to the stadium. Jack I understood Ronnie's frustrations Hell, I was frustrated too But something about this case was off The phone call was a de-escalation A physical attack, a note on his door And now this? You're supposed to start with the phone call Whoever was threatening Ronnie was doing so in reverse order. Hell, for all we knew, this might not even be the same guy. This could be a copycat or some bozo sitting at home with nothing better to do. We arrived at Rambo Field and we were promptly greeted by a team of security, a handful of police and Geraldine Rath herself, all of whom quickly and expertly whisked Ronnie, Renee, and I away to an executive suite for a debriefing.
5: First things first, I already have our security looking into this. No one threatens my player and gets away with it.
3: Thanks, Ms. Rath. I'm sure between your staff and Jack here...
5: Right. And who is Jack again? Detective Jack Don. Oh, the bodyguard. Certainly a reassuring presence. Ronnie, do you feel good enough to play today? You're not too shaken up by all this.
2: No, I'll be fine.
5: I think you'll be fine, too. Our staff is doing exceptional work with what they have available.
2: Jack, what did you think? Well, the stadium security is a little outdated, but the nature of this
5: threat makes me think it's a stunt. Still, it's best to be on alert... I'll have you know our security is as advanced as this facility will allow. (laughs) You're a billion-dollar franchise all
2: these years and you couldn't renovate.
5: What are you? A real estate lawyer? A contractor? I've done everything possible to provide the safest environment for players and fans. How about you keep being a bodyguard, and I'll keep running my billion-dollar franchise?
2: I'm looking out for the best interests of my client so he doesn't end up six feet under the astroturf.
5: Hey, Rambo Field is 100% natural grass. Oh,
2: come on. You have to know that this place has more leaks than a dive bar bathroom.
5: And I know the stadium better than you know dive bar bathrooms. It was built in the 20s. There are inherent deficiencies that can only be helped so much. Ronnie, this is exactly why we're so desperate for your support of our stadium bid.
2: Isn't that convenient, twisting this whole ordeal into getting what you want.
5: Well, it wouldn't be an ordeal if somebody would just
2: solve the case. The more you talk, the closer I think I'm getting.
5: If you imply again that I have anything to do with this, you'll be the one six feet under the astroturf.
2: Was that a death threat? So, if no one objects to me playing, I have to get ready for the first football game of my life.
5: You're right, Ronnie. Today is about you. We're always behind you.
2: I know. It means a lot, Ms. Rath.
5: Go do what you need to do to prepare. This city's going to love you.
2: You never want to be caught in the grasp of wrath's wrath. Seems people that powerful always get what they want. If wrath was behind this, I knew Ronnie would at least be safe for today. If she wasn't, luckily Ronnie's safety was left to their underwhelming security detail, a fleet of top-of-the-line 1993 model metal detectors, and me, Jack Dime, P.I.
6: Third and five for the Rambos. Kip Cannon is in shotgun. He calls a hike, a quick strike over the middle, and Ronnie Renee Perez has it for a gain of seven yards! His first career reception is in the books!
2: As the minutes tick by without incident, my concern for Ronnie's safety transferred to the safety covering Ronnie as he broke his ankles for a big first down.
6: Third and 15 from their own 20. Cannon drops back. He hits Perez on a quick slant. An unbelievable cutback. He's pushing his way forward, and I think he has it. Ronnie Renee has turned what should have been a five yard gain into 15 yards, and what looks like a first down.
2: The eruption from the crowd made it hard to believe that anyone didn't want this man out on their football field.
6: Second and eight from the 35. Kip Cannon under center. Blue, 42.
3: Blue, 42. Blue,
6: blue. He calls hike and drops back to pass. Cannon, feeling the pressure, avoids the sack. He throws deep. It's caught! Ronnie Renee Perez at the 25! He breaks the tackle! Then he's going in for his first career touchdown! First one! Ronnie Renee made a sensational catch and the Rambos go up 6-0 as the first blood chance come roaring in.
2: At the end of the first quarter, the Rambos led the Niners 7-0. If it weren't for the TV timeout, the crowd wouldn't have calmed down enough for me to hear my cell phone ring.
5: to the stars, and he still takes my phone calls.
2: What do you want, Mars? I'm working.
5: I know you're working. That's why I'm calling. Can you get me on the sideline? I'm already at the game, so it's not like I need a ticket or anything.
2: Mars, I can't even be on the sideline.
5: Well, then, maybe I can meet Ronnie Renee after the game?
2: Actually, I think there just might be a way you can meet him at halftime.
0: Seriously? Awesome. Tell me where to meet you.
2: No one in the LAPD could trace a call like Mars Beauregard, and I wasn't going to let that last death threat slip through my fingers. He was more keen to the LA streets at 13 than most chumps were in a lifetime. And he happened to know more about technology than a 37-year-old detective working a bodyguard gig, that's for sure.
1: That's not how this works. Tracing a call like that can be impossible. I'll miss the rest of the game working on a project like that.
2: It's on the TV here.
1: I didn't pay $120 to watch it on TV, Jack.
2: Ronnie, c- can you get me your phone? I-, I got a guy who can trace that death threat.
1: Oh, man, I knew it. I started you in fantasy today, 125 yards and a touchdown in the first half. You're incredible.
2: And that was only one half. I'm going to score even more in a second. Now, can I sign a ball or something for you before you go back to your charity? He's actually here to trace the phone call.
1: But I would love a signed ball.
2: Jack, this is a child. You hire children? Doesn't this country have child labor laws?
0: He pays me in homework.
2: Isn't that worse? Look, do you want to have an ethics discussion or do you want that death threat traced? Ronnie Renee's confidence in Mars wouldn't be wavering for very much longer. Mars whipped out his own phone, a bit of cord, and connected it to Ronnie's phone. You play for the last 30 minutes like you play for the first 30, and we're walking out here with the W. Now bring it in! Rambo's on three. One, part two,
0: three, Rambo's!
3: Let's go! <laughs>
2: It's a shame you just can't star 69 people anymore. Tracing a call these days involves going through phone records and personal information, and that's if the call came from a landline. If it was from a cell, Mars would have to hack into phone towers and location services to try and triangulate the location of the caller. We could be here all night. Done. Wow, uh, that was quick.
0: Tell me about it. Almost too quick, if you ask me.
2: Well, I'm asking. Why too quick?
0: This person is either too stupid to hide their tracks, or they want someone to
5: come looking for them like a trap. Possibly.
2: Yeah, well, everything's a trap if you're not careful. This is the only chance I've had to make some headway in this case, so I'm gonna have to take it. What's the address?
5: Jack? It's Chinatown.
2: A lot of people love Chinatown, but I find it too dense and intentionally confusing. I never can help but think of that movie when I visit this neighborhood. The call was traced to an apartment building up Hill Street. I parked around the corner and strolled up to the concrete complex, peeking in the windows available to someone of my height. The ground floor apartment showed nothing out of the ordinary. An empty kitchen, a couple of televisions tuned to the football game. It wasn't until I heard yelling that I knew I was getting close. He's a lying son of a bitch.
3: He's probably the motherfucker who did me. He ratted me to the fence. I'm going to give that fucking scumbag a serious headache. May God strike me dead if I don't waste
2: him. It sounded serious. This guy was unhinged. There was no time to invest in a proper stakeout. No time for clever disguises or aliases. Luckily, back in my days on the force, they taught us how to break down a door. Focus all your energy into one shoulder, my right in this case. Aim above the lock, take a few steps back, and... You end up on the floor with a dislocated shoulder because he didn't check to see if the door was unlocked to begin with. Who the hell are you? Ugh. Don't move. Jesus. Are you okay? I'm... Ugh. Fine. As I popped my right shoulder back into its socket, I scanned the room. Small, sparse, and square. A classic studio. In one corner stood only one man next to a card table. Are you okay? I mean, I'm a little on
3: edge right now, but otherwise, yeah. What's going on? Nobody's getting wasted here. What? Who was yelling? You? Yeah, well, technically it was Carl Cody from William Friedkin's screenplay, To Live and Die in L.A. You're an actor. Yeah. Tommy Bronze. Who are you? Jack Dime. Detective. Did you make a phone call this morning to Ronnie Renee
2: Perez? Who? A baseball, well, uh, a football player. Somebody made a threatening phone call to him and we traced it back here.
3: The only call I made today was to a casting office. On a Sunday morning? Yeah, that was a little odd. Huh. Was this set up through your agent? Yeah, so actually I'm between agents right now. Who set you
2: up with the audition?
3: I got desperate and responded to a Craigslist ad, but it looked fairly legit. Legit? I mean, that was pretty aggressive language you were using. It's for a new high school football drama, Gridiron High, where sometimes the hardest hits you take are off the field. And where'd you get the lines? They're called sides. Fine. Sides. (laughs) Where'd you get them? They're sent to me through the mail, like the real mail. Where are they? Can I see them? Yeah, right here. I was auditioning for Garrett, the college dropout assistant coach who's selling drugs on the side. You see, he joined back up with the team, attempting to relive his glory days. Do you have the envelope I mean, it came in? Yeah. I mean, it's not the lead role, but it's going to be a great prestige drama that should do really well come award season. Sorry, kid. It's not real. Yeah, of course it's not real. It's a TV show. <laughs> No, the audition, the show,
2: everything. It's all made up, a ruse. Somebody tricked you into making a death threat, kid. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but this show ain't ever gonna air. The threat was typed and folded neatly inside a clean white envelope, identical to the one on Ronnie Renee's door. No postmark, meaning it was hand-delivered. I now had a clear connection, but no new leads. Another dead end. Back to Rambo Field to break the news.
6: San Francisco 49ers 24, your Los Angeles Rambo's 17.
2: Tell me some good news, Jack. I found the person who made the call, but it wasn't the person who was making the death threats. The guy who made the call was, was tricked into making it. Tricked? Who was he? Did, did you have him arrested? No, he was just some kid, an actor. He made a death threat. He should be in jail. Oh, come on. He didn't mean any harm. He thought it was an audition. How do you know? Because I talked to him. I questioned him. Well, maybe he needed to be questioned by a real policeman. Yeah, well, if that's the way you feel, maybe you should find a ride home with a real policeman. Maybe I will. Fine. Good. Good. Fine. As I turned and walked away from Ronnie, cops were already tripping over each other to give him a ride home. Fine. Let them. Now that I didn't have to make any stops, I could go straight to Jerry's for a shot in the beer.
6: what happened. The Rambles offense fell apart in the second half.
2: Ronnie Renee showed signs of brilliance in the first half, maybe even caught the Niners a little off guard, but they figured out an answer
4: at halftime. Perez was locked down in the second with only two catches for 30 yards.
2: So the hotshot's performance fell off in the second half. It was all all too familiar. Start out hot and defy expectations, only to be stopped dead in your tracks, not knowing what to do next. It's a tough pill to swallow, and the pill won't even cure what plagues you. I knew Ronnie was counting on me for results, but like the DiGiorno's, I wasn't delivering. It didn't matter how far away I got from the stadium, the regret followed me, much like the black SUV in my rear view. It was two cars back, and had been tailing me since it raced to be the fifth car through the left turn on Jefferson. At first I admired their moxie, but as they drew closer and closer, I started to wonder if they had an ulterior motive.
6: That was a terrible loss, and the Seahawks handled the Lions this morning, putting the Rambles' division lead in question.
2: The battle is officially on.
6: There's no way the Seahawks take their foot off the gas now, so the Rambles will need to find that extra gear to stay ahead.
2: I made a daring lane change without signaling and raised my speed to 55 in a 35 zone. I had finally started to gain some space between the SUV and myself when whoever it was jumped into the fast lane and floored it, putting them right on my tail. Early in the season the Rambos looked to be the favorite, but now the Seahawks have a clear path to catch and maybe even overtake the Rambos for the division.
6: That team is relentless, a real threat.
2: The problem isn't being followed. I've been followed before. It's being caught by a shiny new SUV, twice the size of my early century four-door, in a city with a high number of automobile fatalities. That was the problem. I'd have to out-drive them to avoid violent altercation. It was a love tap, a bumper kiss, a French connection. Whatever you want to call it, things were starting to get serious, and I knew I had to get out of there.
6: I don't think the odds are in the Rambo's favor going forward.
2: I made a split-second turn down an alley near La Brea to try and shake them, but it didn't work. The SUV pulled the turn, and they were right on top of me again.
6: The Randall's better check their rearview mirror because Seattle is right on top of them.
2: We flew through the alley at, dare I say, dangerous speeds. The SUV not even a full car length behind me. They're going to have to make some huge moves at the trade deadline after taking a hit like this. I took a hard right out of the alley and onto Rimpal Boulevard, accidentally sideswiping some garbage
6: cans. Otherwise, this season is in the trash. How
2: led me into a residential area which gave me an advantage on the narrow streets with tight parking. I was hoping to lose them with a few quick turns. Left onto West Haven. Right onto View. But I'm still optimistic that they can do this. Another left onto Ferndale. A right onto Longwood.
6: Well, that makes one of us.
2: A right onto Adams and a right back onto View. A left on Hickory and... I had slammed into a black Mercedes, doing some decent damage to the hood ornament and bringing an innocent bystander into a dangerous situation. At least, that's what I thought until I saw the driver putting on a ski mask and getting out of the car. A quick check in the rear view showed the SUV had blocked off any escape route, and two more ski masks were running towards me. I had a sinking feeling that they weren't first responders.
4: Get the fuck out of the car!
2: Throw him in the back!
6: You gotta be asking, is Ronnie Rene worth all this money? One of us thinks he isn't. We'll tell you which one after this.
2: Sure, if you want to use the word kidnapped, I wouldn't blame you. But in my line of work, this was a business trip. A hood over your head wasn't so bad. As they say, ignorance is bliss. For all I knew, they could be taking me home, just the longest way possible. With my vision gone, I thought my other senses would heighten, but I was very wrong. It was dark, the seat was comfortable, and it was quiet. My senses had all but shut down when I fell asleep. Get him inside, let's go. I woke up being shoved out of my seat, my hands bound in front of me. I could tell I was headed out of the SUV as I slammed my head on the door frame. Ah! My gut told me these faceless goons let it happen on purpose. I wasn't out in the LA sun very long, only a few steps before I was guided into a room that smelled like ancient cigarettes and cheap booze. Hell, maybe they did take me home. I was sat down on a mattress. The kind you only find at a cheap motel. Proving it indeed was not my place. I had slept on a futon for ten years. Who knew how long I'd be left alone? Who knew who would be coming for me? Who knew how long I could last without water? Who knew who was pulling off my hood, revealing...
4: Jack Dime, I'm Cowboy Bob. Is Cowboy your given name? Yes, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. So what do you want with me? Where's Ronnie Rene Perez? I had assumed you'd be together. You assumed wrong. Someone else gave him a ride home today. Trouble in paradise. I don't want to talk about it. Well, what should we talk about? Maybe about how you were poking around in my business the other day. Now what are you talking about? I haven't looked into you at all. I mean, I know Ronnie has his suspicions, but... Ronnie Rene suspected me? Geez, fame really changes a person. Tell me about it. He's so impatient. He he wants results instantly, but he doesn't know what goes into an investigation.
2: It's not like on TV where the the case is solved in 60 minutes. Sometimes
4: these things take time. Did you tell him that? I tried, but he wouldn't listen. I'm sorry to hear that, but sometimes you need to be stern. Sit him down, look him right in the eye, and say, Ronnie, as an ex-cop... I really should not bring any heat onto Cowboy Bob because he can be very dangerous and could cost you and me our lives. I hear what you're saying, but I really haven't looked into you. Don't lie, Jack. If you can't be honest with me, how can you ever be honest with Ronnie Renee? What are you talking about? You were snooping around in my tattoo parlor the other day asking questions about the assault.
2: Yeah, because the attacker had a very specific tattoo on his arm. I had no idea you owned the place. You didn't?
4: Well, what can you expect from a bodyguard? You can expect I'd look out for Ronnie's life. So why didn't you suspect me? Blackmailers don't shoot.
2: I mean, Ronnie's your cash cow. You don't hurt the guy who's going to make you all the money. Thank you!
4: Finally! Someone who understands! You know, the guy standing outside that door who comes in here and kills you if anything goes wrong? That guy actually thought I was behind it! Can you believe that? <laughs> well, what can you expect from a bodyguard? I see why Ronnie Rene trusts you. No, he never trusted me. Are you kidding? You took a crowbar for him. And I know how much it hurts. I hit a guy with a crowbar once. If he doesn't trust you after that, that's on him. To
2: be fair, I haven't been doing my best work. I, I haven't made progress in months. And that's made me
4: more irritable. And I end up taking it out on him. I like what you're saying. But you're saying it to the wrong person. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Uh, But how can I face him? I'm still nowhere on this case. What? You're going to go home tonight and be able to tell him you had a sit-down with Cowboy Bob. Scratch a big suspect off that list. He's going to love that. Except you really found me. He doesn't need to know that. What he does need to know is that I'm still owed money. Uh, Technically, you didn't get him into the States. But I did get him out of Cuba. Tell him... I'll take half of the original amount. $2.5 and he never hears from me again. I'll relay the message. Great. Then let's get you home. Here, let me cut your hands free. Your car is parked in walking distance of where we got you. Do you have Lyft or Uber or something on your phone? Yeah. Okay, good. You can call yourself a ride. (laughs) You're not giving me a ride back? Of course not. We're not friends. If you ever come around my business unannounced again, I'll kill you. See? Friends don't say that.
2: Cowboy Bob was right. Friends didn't say things like that. Friends said things like, We were on a break, and could I be wearing any more clothes? And how you doing? But how was Ronnie doing? Was he my friend? I hadn't thought about it before. Sure, I worked for him, but I also enjoyed getting drunk with him. That usually designates a friendship, right? My Uber dropped me up my car, still parked on the side of the road. Front grill smashed in, driver's side window busted, 6.45 p.m. I could make happy hour if I hurried. I cleared the glass off my seat and headed north up La Brea. Once in the car, I found myself driving to Ronnie Renee's place. If I was going to have a drink, I might as well invite a friend. Jack, I'm not in the mood to talk unless you've managed to dig up a lead in the last two hours. I talked to Cowboy Bob. Wow! Jack, you found him. Great job. Well, he kind of kidnapped me. That's a very Cowboy Bob thing to do. Are you okay? Other than a bump on the head and a busted front bumper, I'm fine. Was it him? No. He risked a lot to get you out of Cuba because he knew what you were worth. He's not going to try and kill his investment now. He is, however, going to hold $2.5 over your head. Half price for halfway. I can do that. So, where does that leave us? Right here? Sure, no closer to figuring out who did it. But no further away either. What should we do now? I could use a drink. I think I know a place. Hey fellas, what can I get you? Two beers. First round is on me, next tenor on him. We're celebrating the hot shots debut. Not much to celebrate. Aw, come on. It's the dawn of a new sports era in Los Angeles. We lost! Hey, you're sitting here, you're drinking a beer, you're fine. That's a win. With how today started, it's hard to argue with that. I won't stop until we figure this out. Until we get this guy. I know you won't, Jack. It's not like it is on the TV shows. You don't always get to slap a big red bow on top of it and call it a day. Sometimes you end up back at square one and you have to accept it. So it's back to tattoo parlors tomorrow morning.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Death at Sunset. For more information, visit deathatsunset.com or follow the show at Death at Sunset on Twitter. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and neighbors. I'm Tiffany Barraby saying... No matter how bright the day, no matter how thick the traffic, we'll be back next week with another Death at Sunset.